This is Ron Whaley, and you're tasting Talking Schmidt. Hey, hey, hey. Talking Schmidt. I'm already not watching. It's cool. Like, tonight is the night. Damn, this is like the coolest thing I'm ever going to do. I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean? Well, Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Fuck the Dodgers. Oh, big dog's in. What do you think, Dolan? Beyond Schmitty. Talking Schmidt. Alpha macaroni. Most of these guys, their opinion don't matter. Talking Schmidt, right? It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking Schmidt. What are Yuns doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding homies. No, Schmidt, you can't jump in. What is happening? Wi-Fi check one, Wi-Fi check two. Was there any like early tours that were like super impressionable, like in your early days where you're like, man, this one I'll always remember or like bonding with dudes or hecticness, like getting to Europe for the first time, maybe or probably like 10. Yeah, you know, of like course. Throughout all the different years of just like amazing ones. The first one that came to mind is that one with Roscoe because we did Midwest with him. Yeah. And I think it was just me. I think Greg Kizik was with us and then maybe one of the other SoCal Sims writers too. But it was just like, you know, I could see why he made the headliner on all that stuff. So like nobody knew who we were. They were like, uh-huh that nobody knew of and then anything with all the like tim and israel ones there was a, a good one with um with kendall and tim and israel and thomas campbell and uh ryan and gallon and we went to it was the first time i ever went to europe so oh, we went to, okay here's one from that trip <clears throat> first place we go to is that northampton contest where Tom Penny's discover and I talk about Phil Shaw. Oh. So my first, it was back when there was no, there's no Seven Elevens in Europe or anything like that. We get off the plane, we finally like make it to Northampton out of London, just zorged, and we get in to go to our hotel and we walk past this pub, and I'm like already nervous because it's like I'm seeing like hero skaters out here, like oh my god, like that's oh my god, did you see who that was? Like yeah like don't sweat like i gotta skate against these people like tomorrow or whatever and this is bizarre and somebody even told us like uh like oh we're like are we gonna okay we're gonna go out tonight we're gonna go to the pubs and people were like be careful it's like what do you mean like they just they like to fight here it's like oh okay and so we're walking still daylight and we're walking towards the hotel and we walk past this pub and no joke ed templeton is there and he's holding the neck of this dude against the sidewalk and he's basically trying to hold the blood in the dude's neck the dude had gotten to some bar fight and this was like a random british guy got and somebody broke the pint glass and stabbed him in the neck he went outside and like was basically like dying out in front of this pub Fuck. Ed being ed of course yeah save the guy you know like it wasn't just a lot of us were just like what the hell is it? you know just keep walking by or whatever and it was just like ed's trying to like clamp his neck down and keep the blood in him Fuck. i think from what i heard i don't know if the dude made it you know like they weren't sure but it didn't sound like he did ed would know <sighs> yeah. and then the next day we go to that you know the is it northampton or southampton i always get that wrong people get mad at me like it might be southampton south okay i thought it was north but 
I don't really know. Yeah. Anyway, those famous the famous contests back in 1994 or three, where like Tom was discovered basically because that was his park and we we all went to his park and got to see him do what he does. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean the first time you see Tom Penny, you're pretty impressed, right? Fuck. Yeah. There's some guys that I mean, there's a lot of guys like that, but there's some guys that are just like it's just a notch above like you know everybody's great but then there's some guys that are just like holy shit i remember seeing tom for some reason that footage at the huntington park always sticks out where he's just floating around just front side flipping and just like he kind of in a way phil had the same vibe where it was like i'm not trying hard and i'm doing good stuff yeah but i first got on like etnies or something I basically went to Huntington to go visit somebody or to go, I don't know, maybe to like do some Etnies thing or whatever and went to the Huntington Beach Park. I think it had lights or just enough light. And I went there. I can't remember who with, but it was just me and another friend and Tom Penny rolled up and it was like kind of dark. And he like, I don't want to, you know, he went, he just was doing his thing. It wasn't a demo, but it was so insane. Yeah. He, you know how, first of all, if you don't know what park we're talking about, this park sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like a sandbox of like a skate, like compared to any park you think that sucks now, like this park was yeah, awful, right? And tiny. And it all had this little brick wall that's around. And yet somehow he was going so fast through the place, the super steep banks and like nolly backside flipping over him. But at one point he just was like, hauled ass towards the flat bar and I was like why is he going at the flat bar sideways and he nollie flipped it and landed and still like carved again like you have to know that park or whatever like it's like the OG flat bar every four and one had that park in there right yeah I mean everybody lived right by there when you were skating on Santa Cruz were you was Kendall still pro for Santa Cruz at that time when I was on SMA he was pro for Santa Cruz because we went to that Bricktown contest in um, New Jersey, or, or also the one that's at the um, what are those banks called? The, the, those the Brooklyn banks. Brooklyn so banks. Going to be a contest, and then it just turned into some wild demo. Where, but I remember being in the van with Knox, Kendall, Poppy Jaya, and it was that same Bricktown one where Cardiel did the five forty on that vert ramp without pads and really like made his name oh that was cardio's padless that was the first five he did and he was padless that was that bricktown one or at least the one the first one that was like i remember seeing in a video i, think, I remember thinking that he had learned it was learning it then yeah i think so I, it seems that sounds right huh. so i'm uh with tim this classic early in the game story it's 1992 and i'm with him and always like the worst idea like i'm already like i told you i get nervous at contests like i don't like that like whatever like it's something you just have to do yeah and so i'm already like nervous about my run and he's like hey you want to go like just we're gonna smoke weed with these guys do you want to come with me and i was like oh, hell yeah like just bad idea like let me just get more paranoid and it's we like go out the door and it's with coco and sheffy oh. <laughs> and i just remember being like wow like first of all like 
now I'm getting baked and now I'm getting nervous. And I was like, man, it's, it's, it's Chefy and it's Coco. Like, <laughs> and that's how Tim was. Like, Tim was friends with everyone. That was one of the coolest things about Tim was like, the FTC dudes seemed to like him for some reason, which surprised the hell out of me. Like, because Tim was such like a ramp ATV jean shorts type of like every man kind of guy and i want to say like remember the sacramento contest um when simon woodstock and the, when they were riding the skimboards or whatever i oh, remember yeah. like there was two sections of pro skaters there was like the cool guys in the white shoes girl and ftc people chocolate girl and then there was like the rest of us over on the other side right yeah and somehow, like, Tim, like, transcended that. Like, he could be, like, everybody liked him. Yep. He was very personable. And he was just, like, always happy, like, smiling and friendly. So it was, I don't know. It was, but I mean. You know what you are getting, too. It was, like, the dude straight up. Plus, he was kind yeah, he was kind of the guy for what he did. It was, like, you know, like, he was doing a lot of blunt variations and stuff before I mean, he was kind of known as the blunt guy back then for a minute. And so people were probably just stoked to see his style of skating. Yeah. And just, the, you know, infectious on how much loving it rubs off. When does the kickflip stale grab come in? Like that's kind of the moneymaker. I would say it was the kickflip melon first. Oh, okay. That one got me going. Which is funny because shout out Michael Bryan. Shout out. Love you guy. He told me I would never make it with kickflips. And I remember <laughs> I remember like every time I did a kickflip melon over some pyramid at a contest or whatever, just being like thinking of him like there was a Tampa 95. I remember doing kickflip lean over a hip. And it's funny because this is something like it's it's a like no complies, it's a Matt Hensley trick from four years before kickflip melon had already been like done like all of them but i think when i started doing it again it was more like people were starting to do kickflips like high and catch them high and that made it easier for me to grab it and then you could do more or whatever and then i went to some that tampa pro and i think i learned like hard flip indies grabs after that i'm not claiming and then later kickflip stale fish like front side that was a cannery thing. I think I learned it at the cannery on the day. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Over the hip. Yeah. And then I think I think basically when the when the kickflip melon worked out for me and I realized this was like, oh, I can rehash this old thing and like, you no, know, you know, kind of give myself uniqueness. And then, you know, it just it also worked for contests and stuff. So after I figured out that one, then I remember learning frontside shove it, frontside grab, and also hard flip frontside grab. And then wanting to do, and then kickflip stale fish eventually too. And it was stuff like a lot of people would do kickflip indies and stuff, and it'll be way away from your feet. Right. I always tried to like get it on my feet and then grab. So it was kind of like evolution. Mm. I'm, I'm thinking about Gershon right now. Uh, I just saw him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. I hadn't seen him in forever. Um, my my kickflip grabbing guys from that time. I want to shout out Gershon. Shout out and Mako Yurabe. Oh right? yeah, because he had the three sixty flip. Mako three sixty flip Benihana, right? And that was this uh, Israel and Charlie Wilkins classic heel flip indie dudes, right? Yeah, 
do a heel flip indie and that was yeah probably most of it yeah some people do it like the i think omar calls it the money grab right where it's like kind of away from you and then you put it under and then some people kind of do the opposite where it's like more the kick flip and then the grab is secondary you know what i'm saying like one of them kind of goes out like you were saying and the other one's just like already under your feet i think that's why i got excited and doing it again too because when i learned it like that i was with shooting some sequence with kendall and israel and i remember trying to kick flip over like you know one of those like warning barriers that has like a little like orange light on top whatever off this bank and trying it and trying it i was like wow this would be like the biggest kickflip i ever done but i couldn't quite keep it on my feet mm. and then i tried one grabbing and it ended up like doing the kickflip bigger and then like boned out all crazy and it was like oh hell yeah like what's this like it's a new thing you're you're taller than most people on skateboard like were you um like were you a fan of like neil blender and some of the other big guys like did did you think along those lines or was it like no i'm just looking at skaters as skaters like i'm wondering if there was anything like that was a little more difficult for you or a little easier for you because of your height as far as like actually like tallest i think it's me um sean payne oh yeah hill are all six seven if I'm, I might be. Sean Payne was a lanky, tall guy yeah. too. That guy ripped on a skimboard. <laughs> he was, wow! I didn't, oh, yeah, he's a Hawaii guy. He was so good. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I remember, like, well, it definitely, I think, gave me a career right, as a pro skater because it made like uniqueness and like I kind of realized that, that was like part of the gimmick. Uh. And, but then people would always ask me about that, and they'd be like, "Wow, is it hard to skate being tall?" And I was like ever since kindergarten i was in the back of the photos like i don't know anything else than what it is to be like the tallest kid in the class or you know weird and lanky i say more so it was like getting compliments from skaters i looked up to that were just like hey for like a tall skater like i like watching it I was like wow thanks you know like that helped yeah but i know what tony's like tony hawks six two or six three mm -hmm. right I always was a big fan of Kenny Hughes. Oh yeah. Or but he was like like a he's a diesel though. Five, yeah. Like shoulder six four. So that you know, I don't think I really like had that many people to like kind of like look up to in that way. You know, because they're just weren't really. I didn't think about that with Neil. Like with Neil, it was more like kind of like looked up to him just for like the Neil vibe. I love Mr. Neil Blender, man. I, I knew I knew I was like stoked on Ben Schroeder because he was Ben Schroeder's up there, like six something. I can't even think about yeah who I would have like paid attention to during that era. Uh, you know, I probably would have like I was a big uh, Jeff Phillips fan and had right. like you know I've been a little younger or him like live a little longer uh, thankfully he's got footage you can see you go back to some of those like houston videos mm -hmm. they made like there's a sick ass bad boy club video out there that he's got a bunch of stuff in right yeah and he usually had a, a section in almost every contest video yeah oh my god he was amazing <laughs> i think he he was up there too he was probably like six three or something 
I think Jake used to say that he was the only guy that could do a McTwist out of an invert, like an invert on one wall and the next wall do a McTwist. Which, yeah, probably a lot of leg power. And yeah. He, you know what? Like he looked Texas strong too. Like he didn't wear much clothing either, right? Uh, they always had the, yeah. the soy <laughs> shirt. Yeah, he looked good in that. So he must, <laughs> in order to be that tall and look that good in that gear, he must have been kind of ripped, you know? Mm. Um, what is, do you remember the situation for the Thrasher cover? Yes, man. So I didn't have a car at the time. Bryce calls me and he says, do you want to shoot tomorrow in the city? I was like, yeah, or, or you know, what, yeah, what's up? And he was like, well, it might be for the cover, which is crazy that he actually said that. Right? Yeah, that doesn't get said much. No offered like thrash and but i by that time thankfully i knew the importance of it and i remember not having a car and i was like i'll be there and i like woke up at five and took the whatever the bus to the caltrans because you got to take a bus from santa cruz to san jose yeah and then and, the train and he maybe met me at the train station and it was also he also told me it was like it's going to be the jump ramp issue i he didn't tell me anything about skater of the year that was Chris Sands' Sony cover that I was oh, getting. That's the that's what it is. Yeah. Wow. So that that is the only thing I didn't know. He told me it was going to be the jump ramp issue, and he told me I had a chance at having the cover, and I was like, "I'll be there." And so we shot. He's like, "Do you have anything in mind?" And I was like, "What about like putting the jump ramp up to like a garbage dumpster, and I'll do something on you know the edge of it." And I did a backside five o at a back tail on one of those ones that's like five feet off the ground and just that lip and you could fall inside the thing. Right. So it was scary. And I remember being stoked. Like I said, I was going to do this thing. I went up there and I did it. And I think that footage is in, I just don't know the name of what that thrasher video is, you know, cause it was in the time of like, was it an early one, right? It was probably like truth hurts or, uh, maybe nine one one. Yeah, it had a crazy name. It was maybe even before those, like, it was maybe even before the ones that had, like, the article names. It was, like, maybe it was, like, before 911. It, it's an early 90s one. Okay. Because I've been wondering where that footage is because, right? Who filmed it, Safa? We did the dumpster stuff. I don't know. We went and did that dumpster thing, and I'm, like, happy. You know, I was, like, man, if, if I get, well, whatever, if this cover or no, like, I'm happy about, like, a jump ramp back tail and like a one of those like tall dumpsters. I was like, hell yeah. And he's like, well, do you want to go out to the sunset? And there's like, I know of like this car that like you could jump over. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, I was like, that, that's, you know, I'll do that. Like, absolutely. I'm here to do what you asked me to do. Like, I understand the, you know, opportunity. Yeah. But in my head being like, what i think i could do something better than just like jump ramp over a car you know like it was like a little one too and it was off curb uh-huh and that's what ended up being the cover of course was like jump ramping over the car bang bang niner gang at the time being like oh why didn't they use the, the dumpster one and then but just like so thankful to even have a cover and it's like the picture he took the board's looking clean there's skate works crux absolute like i got like photo incentive Excellent photo incentive from that one from like everybody involved it was very clear 
Yeah, man, those those are the moments when you get like, you know, you get your sticker job and it works out, and then all of a sudden you get ching ching. <laughs> and I just remember riding the train home again after that and being very like satisfied with like whatever happened, like I did what I was supposed to today, and like, you know, at that age, I don't think people understand. Well, I mean, whatever people totally understand, but to like sacrifice like your social life entirely <laughs> and just like anything any plans i had to do tomorrow like friends whatever like sorry guys like i'm just gone like i'm gonna go do this fucking thing and be and like hopefully get a photo yeah like i don't think i had like a ton of footage in my career enough but like making friends making good like relationships with photographers i think helped me out a ton Especially in that era, photos were so, I mean, getting in the, you know, in the mag is like, is a big deal. And especially when, I mean, ads are cool, but non-ads are even cooler. Like you get some like content page or you get like an article and you get a full page in that or something. And then if you're lucky enough to get a cover or the back cover, there's, there's only like, I think four people in the history of Thrasher that have had the front cover and the back cover. I know Jason Adams and Jeff Phillips are two of them where they had the front cover of the mag and the back cover of the mag. On the same issue. Yeah, same issue. Um, I know I'm on the back of Tim's cover. Oh, really? Like an SMA on the back, Adams on the back of that one. So you mentioned the Chris Sen Skater of the Year thing. Was that a controversial thing? Not between Chris liked Tim, super nice guy. I feel like, you know, everybody got along. I don't know if everybody got along with Chris, but I definitely did. And like, we were always friends and he never brought that up to me. And I didn't really ever, whatever. I was probably so enamored with myself making the cover that I never really even like paid attention to the fact that I was like taking Chris's shine, you know, that he should, I don't know how many people have missed. Is that the only dude? Time? Because I, you know, working at Thrasher, like I hear some shit. And one of the things Jake said over and over, he must have had a little beef with Chris or something. But he's like, only skater of the year did not get a cover. Like that was always a thing. And I didn't realize you're the one that had the cover that month. But, you know, Jake always gets digs on everyone. But on this, it seemed like a little bit more for Chris. So I don't know if there was some personal thing or whatever. And Chris see. is so mellow. He's probably like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he he's, dude, Chris is the homie. Like, he's he's just down for the cause. So it's like. We were already, like, sort of friends by then. And, like, later throughout the years, we I think we were even, like, better friends. And that never even, like, came up, you know? Mm. Yeah, like, I don't think so. I think it probably was more, like, between Jake and Bryce, maybe, or something, like, behind the scenes stuff or whatever. I, but I. You know, I don't think I would have taken the 5 a.m. bus if he hadn't said, like, I'm cover. pretty it was like the word cover was like said to me before. Like, it's funny, like if I had been to like him and I was like, I'm going to do this thing. And he's like, well, cool, you do that. You might get the cover. No, I was like, come over and like, we're going to I mean, shoot a cover tomorrow. I was like, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I bet it was probably like on deadline, like they're like, fuck, we need a cover. So, you know, when he mentions it like that, it's probably like, we need one so bad. I got to give this guy some incentive to make sure like, who knows, that'd be a question for Bryce. But uh, that's, that's really cool. 
I mean, that's such an honor to have a cover of Thrasher. It's like people that get them, they're always like, I mean, Alyssa just got her first cover this month ever for Thrasher. And, and I mean, she's the greatest of all time, right? For ladies and, and one of the greatest just period. So it's, you never know. There's a lot of people that like Grosso didn't get a cover till he was passed. Like it's a really privileged thing to, to have a cover. And I think, yeah, those are things that maybe people take for granted nowadays because of such media blitzes and everything. But I think like the people that have been around for a long time realize that like there's a lot that goes into it. Like you might be doing the gnarliest trick, but the photo might not be well or vice versa. And, you know, I've seen so many like that's the cover because of the move, but then the photo doesn't really translate. And whatever talk to the butcher about it he he went for the cover like five times he's like i'm yeah. going for it dude and then he tried the gnarliest thing where, <laughs> yeah. where it's like he only had that double set that was a think ad and he was just like Fah! <laughs> but the car i jumped was like this tiny european thing that was like i jumped over the hood it uh-huh. wasn't it's from a jump ramp the jump ramps on the curb on the sidewalk too makes it even easier and it was just, I was just like, <sighs> it's kind of similar. Like Wade Spire had a similar cover where he's doing it off. Like, I think a, a, a cement kicker, maybe like a sidewalk kicker or something, but he's got like a tuck knee, like just little air in the streets. Yeah. Oh, uh, one other thing about the cover is I had it the month after Strubing got his Justin Strubing had the cover. And then I got the, the month after too. Oh, so back to back. Boulder Creek, Scotts Valley, back to back. Damn, that rips. Holy crap, I remember that. Oh yeah, there's a party at Skateworks that week. I can't remember like whatever from like NHS for the sponsors. It was like, I don't know if it was a, a thousand per logo or something like that, but it was like, like I was stoked. I like the stickers I got or whatever. Full Skateworks sticker on there. Uh, Jason got me a bottle of Crown Royale and we drank it. Nice. Oh, dude, that's cool. Was that like one of the bigger months for, like, were you getting paid board royalties most of your time as a pro? Mm, it would be like, or was there like just a minimum or like, was there just I had, a, I, I had, a, I had like a minimum. I, I want to say my minimum was somewhere between like a thousand and thirteen hundred. Maybe twelve twelve fifty was like the most the minimum ever was. Uh-huh. Just for board. And then usually I had like, you know, anywhere between a hundred and two hundred for wheels, a hundred and two hundred for trucks. And then a lot, most of that was coming from NHS. But then, you know, rode for absolute and circuit, did have mm-hmm. some outside wheel stuff. Ezekiel clothing. Too. Oh yeah. Well, that's so right. They had, like, they had a logo that was like the Olympics rings, and that's like on that board. What was the one Tim had that had like kind of the bird graphic? He was super into birds. Uh, Wasn't man. it a clothing company that was maybe out of sessions or something like SD? SD, yeah, yeah. Which it was E S T E. Uh huh. That name originally came from S and T because it was Solomon and Tim. Oh. It was their clothing company through sessions. Mind blowing. I like knowing these little things. He loved birds and like, like ibises, you know, like that kind of thing. I saw mm. one like next to me the other day or whatever. And it was like, 
must, you know, Tim must be watching. You ever see or talk to his uh, girlfriend? Uh, I forget her name, but she used to. Yeah, they used to come to our ramp all the time. Her, her, him, and Jason, and she would just kick in. She was super cool. Yep, of, of course. Like, yeah, being good friends with him. Like, as soon as I think I was even there for his like nineteenth birthday party. You know, like we really like became like. Even though like I just met him that year, like we were like hanging out like all the time, and like. I always thought like I was going to move to San Jose, but it would live close enough. And like, we would spend so much time on tour and stuff, or he'd come over here that I never really did. Would hang out with Karina and Jai and Jason Adams, of course. I love the movie North shore. Yeah. Good people. Uh, crazy Eddie would always be around. Oh yeah. 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 He was wicked fresh. Often like Kendall would be there doing whatever. So Kendall was also my team manager as well. Okay. And, and Jeff Kendall have been my team managers. That's pretty insane. So my magic mind experience is coming to an end at the end of January here. And also what's coming to the end is their offer. So I strongly suggest if you're interested at all, dive in before February 1st. And remember, www.magicmind.com forward slash Jan Schmidt and the code is Schmidt 20 you're going to get like 75% off Schmidt 20 so if you're trying to get some focus and get out on them streets early before the sun comes up and have just more of a level day instead of spiking up and down constantly from sugar or caffeine or any of that stuff magic mind is the ticket M-A-G-I to the C, M-I-N to the G. Get there while you can. You know what I mean? Doesn't automatically mean you'll be going to Super Bowl. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Hi there, interworld of webs, cast, potting. This is Cranny. You're listening to Schmidt Talk. Talking Schmidt. Talk some Schmidt. Put it in your ear. Hole. Find out about your world. Like, did you ever kind of in the back of your mind, you're like, I want to do this for as long as I can. Like if, if my career is over as a pro, I'm going to move into the, you know, start doing stuff behind the scenes. You know, you, you eventually are working with Crux and probably doing a bunch of product developing and stuff with all the different things that are going, but moving backwards, like when you're just a pro skater, are you thinking because NHS kind of runs like a family, like a lot of those guys have worked their way through it in, in different ways. Are you thinking about like, this is, this is my career. I actually thought, well, man, that's crazy. I've been thinking about this. I've been doing some writing lately and I was thinking about how as soon as I turned pro, well, even before you ever turned pro, first of all, people are telling you, you're never going to be pro or you can't skate forever or any of those things. Right. Yeah. And then as soon as you're pro, it's like, Hey, you know, this isn't going to last long. Right. And then, so like, it's funny. Cause I, you know, felt like by the time I'm like 25, I felt like grizzled, you know, and like <laughs> worried about that. And also thinking, you know, I thought I would do something else. I didn't think I was going to work at NHS. So I didn't think, as far as that avenue 
Okay. Uh, Kendall really looked out for me and he gave me the opportunity to be Crux team manager while I was still pro. Ah. I think I did that for like six months, but was still skating well enough or like had enough going on to where I was like, hey, I think I'm going to just go back to focusing on just being pro. And he really looked out for me and was like, hey, just so you know, when, you know, this will be there for you when you're done. You know, I don't know if he said it just like that, but made me feel like it wasn't an impossibility to go back to that. Okay. And then, so that was, you know, I was no longer pro. That offer was there except for the team and brand manage. What's the uh, biggest difference from Jeff Kendall, the skater slash team manager to Jeff Kendall? The, what is he? Gen- he's like CEO now or what is he? Yeah, yeah, he's, the, yeah he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, the difference wasn't like immediate, you know, it, when we were on tour, that was another thing. So like he is like, get to see, we get to see a lot of talented skateboarders, right? That's what I was saying. Like seeing Roscop in, not even in his element like past even like giving a shit just kind of like hey i'm gonna skate with you guys this mini ramp and just blow me away same thing with with kendall like it's like damn like that's how you do it like you don't like i grew up skating ramps mini ramps and stuff all the time did a million smith grinds have a hundred homies who can do smith grinds we can all do good smith grinds whatever and then i skate some mini ramp and he's just like there with us and like well whatever i'll take a run and like Smith sits from end to end and it's locked in and it's like, I was like, oh, see, like, man, like from top to bottom, like you're holding your body in like a pose, mm. like true, like professionalism from like yeah. top to bottom. Like not only like, I don't, just, you don't just do a Smith, like present the best Smith anybody will ever have seen in their life. Yeah. Like how he skated. Uh. I remember seeing him at SJ Warehouse. We were talking about Kendall today for some reason. Oh, because I work with uh, Kevin Bronze, my side guy. Shout out. He works, yeah, he works next to me in my office, and he's we're having a great time. I love that guy. I didn't get, I didn't really know him till this, but we were talking about Kendall. I was like, dude, that dude used to rip the SJ Warehouse. Like he was one of the first people I saw doing a no-handed like, like he would try three sixty or five forty on the mini ramp not not grabbing you know like he was like pushing along with the push of anything that was going um in those days i never really saw him skate vert i just saw him skate that spine ramp and like he was one of the guys that you were stoked to see skate that thing when fast forwarding to the cannery now when he maybe has that basket board and doesn't really like his pro career is ending for santa cruz and he's working as our team manager or whatever yeah helping me out with stuff like he would still skate with us at like lunch times in the in there and i saw him do a kickflip backside nose blunt on the quarter pipe damn which i'd never seen anybody do in real life until that point i think somebody had done it but i saw him do one like nice i saw him learn like switch 360 flips on flat do like a it was either nose wheelie nolly heel or like nolly heel manual and like learn it really quick and i was just being like dude just kind of screwing around over here like you're so good at street even tricks are for kids i don't do tricks i just roll yeah it's sick for you guys to have that facility man and like 
the little zone outside where you got the curbs and stuff like having those brakes and stuff. I've been trying to get Tony to repave our parking lot so we can have a few obstacles to skate around on. That's what we need to. That's the problem is our parking lot is super rough. Yeah. Ours is mangled. There's no way. Dude, we got to talk about your first time to China. I just remember that being like the, the tall guy and every, wasn't everybody tried to touch you. Like they couldn't even yeah, believe so it. We went to Hong Kong and Shenzhen in 2003. Uh-huh. And I think that was before Shanghai was like the new Barcelona or whatever. We just went there because uh, I want to say it was the beginning. Anthony Clairval, you know, reached out to somebody and that's we went out there. And then the Crux people. So I think Caswell was out there with us. Mm. Maybe we. And then it was also Windsor James's first Crux trip because he rode for Crux. Man, we're all getting on. We're all in like the line at the airport in customs or whatever. We're f- it's like an hour long thing. We finally get to the front. I was like, oh my God, thank God. And have all our stuff. And everybody's like pulling out their passports. And I was like, I left my passport at home. Ooh. And so I was like, I'll gonna go home and i'll probably see you guys tomorrow because i'm missing this flight because right and then the one i get on the next day windsor had done exactly the same thing so we flew together oh wow and we show up in hong kong together and every like first like any anywhere me and him went because this was like windsor when he was in the really big press jeans you know like creased them like gigantic 50 cent gear right yeah and then me i think i didn't have a mohawk or anything but i was probably like dressing a little weird and just between the two of us everybody would just stop what they were doing and just like and so that was it was shenzhen didn't have like all paved roads yet there was still a bunch of spots but it was new and like you said there at nighttime we would go whatever we were going to do go shopping or go get food and we'd be walking down the main street and all of a sudden people would just start following us and it would be a big crowd like walking with us like we were like an entourage and they would start getting closer and closer and closer to what you've started to feel like you were like getting boxed in and whatever i'd been probably pretty drunk at the time and i can i can like roar really loud like uh-huh. i can even make like i can't do it right now but i like just like a, a rough one <laughs> especially if i'm drunk so every now and again i would wait until they all just got super close <laughs> just like try and just do like the biggest hulk scream i can and it was like dropping like dish soap in oil they were just like everybody would just blow apart and just run away from us <laughs> and we'd keep walking down the street and they'd slowly start doing it again and boxing us in uh and i think that's like yeah louis might call me ronzilla and Caswell. <laughs> that's amazy ronzilla you need that but graphic i think haslam was on that trip there was a bunch of people that weren't on crux that we were with haslam mm. was there um Flo and alex carolino were there like when they were like at their best too it was such a fun trip that rips is crux still going crux is still going um so I ran it for 17 years. Yeah. Right? Whatever, 2002 to 2019. And then after that, Alex White came in and took over for me. Yep. 
and you know i've moved on to other things oh and then now she doesn't work there anymore but crux is still kicking and we're kind of like team effort gonna you know there's not one specific brand manager just yet i think i might be helping out with that too and uh. i still ride crux and like definitely want to be a part of like helping it exist man of many hats yeah mostly video content stuff lately for our products okay but yeah we've all been kind of talking about that like who's going to kind of like you know where where crux is going right now and you know I mean, how always be that that i mean i'm pretty sure it'll always be the vibe of what it is like the fun truck company right but yeah it, I wonder if we're ever gonna see the IKP again. I get one more shinna. I'm going berserk. Dolphin flips. How do they work? I don't know if I'll be able to get Joel into face paint. It sucks wearing face paint. Who who is that guy? Who's the other guy? That's Joel Ellis, and he's uh, one of our leaders in the sales department. Oh, he works there too. I think he's a you know heads domestic sales. NHS. Who came up with that idea? Was that your idea? That was, yeah, because we'd seen, man, this is like before YouTube. Remember, like the Insane Clown Posse made that miracle. Yeah, yeah. gravity. How the fuck does that work? So we just were all watching that in the office. And at the time, I was hanging out with Joel and my friend Larson, who works there in Mm -hmm. our web um joe perrin is already like working with us making all the video stuff Mm. and we had a mirror truck coming out or it was that shiny chrome one but we called them mirrors because they were so shiny they were like reflective like looked like a mirror right and somehow it was just like whenever i would see i mean that was one of the funnest things about making crux commercials is often it would just be like see something you think is funny and how can we turn this into a crux commercial sure and so it was like damn what could we do something like that for crux because we realized it was all cgi i was like man if we green screen this can we do like all of this and it's like they're on that platform i was like what if that was like on the truck and within like i don't know like probably a half hour we had probably like 90 percent of the commercial you know the lyrics just, not the lyrics but just oh. the idea what it would be and like, well, should we go ahead and try and make this? And then I just took the lyrics, whatever, found them online, and then just rewrote them from like a about what I was trying to market, like a marketing <laughs> perspective. <laughs> and then we kind of like thought between myself being like the skinny one and Joel being kind of like a bigger guy, like the two of us would kind of look like those dudes. And I asked Joel and he was like, sure, whatever. And then we made two of those videos and after the second one, like a whole day of like, because we made, you know, music videos for him. So it took would take like a full day of being in that stuff. In that, yeah. And as fun as it was, like, yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'd have to if, pay him. If the right, yeah, if it's the right situation. I blew, I, Kevin couldn't even believe it. I was telling him about it. He, sometimes I, I, I don't like to say lies. So I stretch the truth. And he, so he's getting used to like, is this real or not real? And I was like, no, dude, this is real. And I was like, I'm going to send you the leak. And his bio was just blown. I was, he didn't know about it at all. You just influenced somebody. 
a lot of our best Crux commercials, unfortunately, probably came out before YouTube was like solid. So like that one even is like, we did a lot that were for Fuel TV, you know, like a lot of the good ones with Colt Cannon and Cairo. There's, Cairo, there's a Cairo one. I can't, I couldn't remember what it was, but I remember it. Oh yeah. The, the, hand, the handstand board slide at the right. Buster rail. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Shout out to Eric Norin before Joe came in, who did our IKP stuff. Mm. Eric was um, our director and producer for all those, like, like the one with Colt Cannon and the explosions on the beach. Yeah. You know, fake perfume one. The one with Cairo, he rented two, we had to rent two cherry pickers to have the cables. Yeah. The wire crew that held him up worked on Willow. All these, like, they're like legit wire film, like, actual like film real film team that does like wire work for movies they probably did like i want to say maybe crouching they might have done some crouching tiger stuff. oh wow yeah oh my so god got a, a permit to have that school for the day he knew all these other people that worked in the film industry that would do it for free because they wanted to have this on their reel like oh i was the so-and-so you know, I was, um, right. The key for the commercial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for this commercial with, you know, yeah. so we'd have like craft tables and like all this stuff. And it was like legit commercial things and whatever, they were still expensive for NHS, but like it was in between getting so much extra from him on the film production side, ah. you know, me being willing to just like put all the budget into it and into some dumb, you know, making it silly and it was really fun. Like Colt Cannon, like such a good sport. Like he's in a few of them. It was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Colt didn't care. He's the best. He's just like down for the. I mean, that's what's kind of cool about the squad, right? It's like everybody kind of has that. I mean, Louis a fun. Like, let's try to fucking do some weird shit and like. So you're always trying to be creative, which is, isn't that what skateboarding is about? And like, that was, so as soon as I took over Crux from Matt Sharkey, oh. Matt, he, I think actually Kendall at some point ran Crux and I think Sharkey took it over from him. And when Sharkey took it over, he was like, I'm changing it. It's no longer like this tech truck company. It's the fun truck company. And it's all about like, humor and not taking yourself seriously uh -huh. and so he put on louis well no louis i think louis already wrote for crux but he put on caswell and colt and just really like started that whole direction of like this company can't take itself seriously and never will and so having those people that kind of like fit that yeah it's always been hard to find it's one of the reasons like louis and caswell are still like they're staples. Yeah, yeah. They're still like the most crux because it's hard to find people that like have that, you know, kind of like carefreeness or like love for skateboarding, but don't like take themselves too seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. And super good. <laughs> well, winding down. Sorry, I'm taking a lot of your time, but I got just a couple more things. The Santa Cruz trip to uh, the ballpark here. Were you a part of that? Yep. Yeah. I was stoked. 
That was what, super fun. What was that like? Because we did one with Trujillo and Vans, and they didn't let us skate in certain parts. And then I've also gone there and did like a an OJ thing with Jason and Cranny, um, and there was certain restrictions. But it seemed like you guys had like almost carte blanche. Like you guys were skating the rails there and stuff, right? Yeah, they let us. I think part of it was a little like uh, naivete as far as like, oh, yeah, we're just going to wipe that off when you're done. And we're like, oh, you're going to have to like buff that thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. You might, you might need a sander or whatever. So is that through Andy Kuno, though? I think so. Um, yeah. Eric, Eric Palzolo hit me up to be like, asked me if I wanted to. I guess they were looking for people who at least, you know, if they didn't live nsf were bay area people so it was me iman and nibs and i was super psyched to get like invited on that one and so they had a zoom meeting the, the day before we're like we're going to do a little walkthrough and they were talking about all the things that like they planned us to skate and you know we ended up skating like three or four of them but one of them was like they wanted us to skate along the top of the dugout and in my head, I was like, oh my God, I'm doing something on top of that dugout. I don't, you know, I'm doing the no comply flip on top of the dugout is what I'm planning, right? I was like, yeah. whatever happens, I'm doing that. And then when we got there, there was like, yeah, we talked to some people that might not be like <laughs> sound for it. And that was the only thing that they took off the list. Oh. So we'd already planned to skate that like condiment table, the railings on the back of the, um, on the back of the seats in that section over there. Yeah, the bleachers. Which is my um my screensaver is doing the board slide on that thing. Is that but, right in front of the Coke bottle? Yeah, yeah. Sick. As soon as we actually got to like start skating, you know, a lot of it was planned. That we, you know, our mascot and their mascot. It was a full script, so we had to do the whole thing. But like, as far as when it came to skating, it kind of were just like, we never got told like, hey, don't don't touch that, don't skate that, and we immediately get to start just cooking through the hallways like pushing as fast as you can. And we have the whole place to ourselves, even though that place is like union upon union structured in so many different ways, like so many different, like people running this like major thing. Mm -hmm. We were just like invited in and in involved in it. But like, that was like, it was such an amazing fun day. I'm hyped because, uh, they just hired this guy, Pat Burrell. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's an ex Giants baseball player and they're, he's going to be a coach. And he grew up in uh, Boulder Creek with Justin. Yeah. 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 Okay. I know that name. No way. That's a trip. Yeah. So I was like, Justin, you got to come up. We got to fucking high five this dude. It's going to be. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think I've been through Justin before. That's sick. Yeah. That's it. That's cool. All right. So three three things these are things that i'm gonna call the greatest but it's actually just the first thing that comes to your head because we yeah. can't call anything the greatest or the best because we've had a lot of great so the first one being santa cruz graphic salva witch doctor fuck yeah dude yeah. uh e-man has that tattooed on his side i've always wanted to get that as a tattoo as well so oh, really yeah okay i didn't know that Second one, best band you've seen at the boardwalk? Uh, Berlin. Yeah, uh, a couple years in a row. I think one year it was, um, I forget what her name is, the lead singer, but it was her 50th birthday. And she was like, 
super hyped to be there. I think I went like three years in a row riding on the Metro, take my breath away from Top Gun Is movie. Is it sex? I'm uh, a man. Yeah. I'm a male. That's my favorite. I'm a bumblebee. I'm a one night stand and we <laughs> make love together. <laughs> so she did the backstory on that. And she was like, yeah. So like, I don't know if it was her husband or the guy she was dating at the time. She was like, so I'm going to say this one thing. And then you say this thing. And he was like, I'm just going to say I'm a man because this shit's like too crazy. Like, so she says all this extreme. Uh, I'm a man. <laughs> it came out so good. It's like, yeah. So, okay. This one's the toughest. What were you at? Like you saw this happen on a skateboard in live. Like one of the best things you've been there for to see in person. Damn. Like eight flooded into my head. But here, I'll, I'll give you this one. 1997 Lausanne, Switzerland contest. It's the one where man, everybody thinks of it as Tom Penny did the hippie jump where his board goes through the car windows, right? Oh. There's two ramps, a pyramid with a car in between. And he, he hippie jumps through it, right? And Tyrone Olsen hippie jumps. They did it two in a row, right? Tyrone was the first person to, he was trying it for like, half hour and coming so close and just slamming 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 i don't think tom did it first try by any means or whatever but tom came through and then all of a sudden does it and it was like oh damn that's fucked up like tyron's not gonna do it and tyron just did it right after him and it was just like everybody was so happy i remember like standing with israel and i was like dude let's go over there so we can be standing where we see the boards like we're looking at the board shooting through at us because they would jump off the ramp and they had no idea if their board was even going to come out the other window, let alone straight. So there was so many times like Tyrone or even Tom would like land on it and it would be twisted like the backside way and they would just slam and, or it would just wouldn't be there. Yeah. And then, so after all those tries, like Tyrone did a ton of tries and it was like, Tom did it first. And it was like, damn, you're going to take it like that. And then Tyrone did it right after. And it was just like skate God moment right there. Fuck yeah, that's sick, dude! Thank you so much for taking the time, man. I I really appreciate it. It's good talking to you, catching up personally, and then hearing your stories. You know, and uh, I always try. Like sometimes people don't like it, but I don't care. This is my shit. So I like giving shine to Jaya and Tim Brock and Phil Shaw and Preston and Jake and the people that aren't with us anymore. We had some amazing times with those people. And when I can get together with someone like yourself that shared times with them, it's like we can talk about some stuff and give shine to, you know, these guys are dear with our hearts forever. And like, that's, that's for sure. So, and I know you were tight with those guys. So I appreciate hearing like, you know, your relationship with Tim Brock and stuff. And then that Jaya Bondaroff, anytime anyone says best ever slick, I'm like Jaya. I don't even think I'm like, it was so good. Uh, Corey Chrysler, Nick Foster, Billy Strubing, right? Kidder. Get all that time. Yeah. Sick. Thank you for having me on here, man. Good times. Oh yeah. Big love, man. I'll, hopefully I'll see you in, in real life. Yes. Come on down or I'll, I'll be up there soon for sure. Well, you know, when you come down, the first place you got to go. Sturbin. Hell yeah, get out of there after that one. Sturbin, Derby for Preston. Hell yeah. No, Derby all day. Hell yeah. And I, oh, dude, I want to go to 
for real i want to go to the pump tracks well hell yeah dude good to see you take care of yourself you too buddy love you man peace bang bang another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lord Wizard. Lord Wizard. Lord Wizard. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.